Welcome to the Pactum. I'm Mike Grimes here with Pat Abenderoth, and we do have a special guest we'll get to in just a moment. All guests are special. They are special guests. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking to our special guest about the ever so important topic of singing. Oh, singing in general, singing in the church. Singing in the church. That's important, but it's also maybe a little controversial. A little bit of controversy, maybe, but, you know, singing, it's a topic near and dear to my heart, so I'm looking forward to this episode, and I'm sure the Pactumverse is looking forward to it as well. Good. Before we introduce our guest, though, Mike, I've been getting some Pactum pushback lately. Pactum pushback? Uh, uh Uh-huh. Not, I don't know, I wouldn't call it hate mail, but, you know, I got confronted this past (gasps) week because in the last episode, which is our first episode back from the summertime session. Yes. Uh, I got confronted because we didn't do enough sharing. Oh. Uh-huh. They wanted to know a little bit more about you know, where we traveled, okay. what we did, what right. we ingested. And <laughs> I just don't know what to do with that. So you have well, anything to share today? Uh, what do I have to share today? I, I really don't, I don't have anything to share. I don't share. really either, but yeah. I do have this book in front of me called The Book of Useless Information. That We should and share so that. This is for that Pactum critic. There you go. Uh, and so uh, this is just random. So this is under rodent riddles, um, <laughs> and it does say the mouse is the most common mammal in the United States. I believe that. And so, I mean, I hope that's like sharing. Yeah. Um, how about this? Uh, rats can't vomit. Just in case, what? just in case somebody wants to know this. Well, I've been wondering. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do one more because I'm sure people are so interested. Two rats can become the progenitors of fifteen thousand rats in, oh, le- in less than a year. That's horrifying. That's so uh-huh. well. There's no, a little. You. There's a sharing today on the pactum because we're feeling, as my grandmother would say, ornery. We're feeling ornery a little bit today. And the other pushback that we received is we did a just a, a slight unveiling, like a maybe prevailing. Prevailing is the wrong word, but well, I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A slight, like, sneak peek unveiling of the Pactum sofa. Yes. Where people will be able to take selfies at the Pactum conference right. in October. Yeah. And I posted something uh, about it on Twitter. And yeah. somebody rudely informed me that it's a love seat. Well. Not a sofa because there has to be, like, three sections listen. to be a sofa. And you know what I said? What'd you say? My truth that, yeah, is exactly. that it's a sofa. <laughs> Yeah, it's our truth here on the Pactum, and that is the Pactum Sofa. And we want you to have an opportunity to take a selfie on the Pactum Sofa, not love seat. It is true. That's right. Well, let's sanctify this conversation and talk about things that actually matter now that we've lost everyone, perhaps. Okay. Our guest today has served the church musically for over 20 years. He is married to Jen and is dad to Gwen and Emma. He is an associate pastor at Tri-City Bible Church in Vista, California. And he is a friend of the Pactum because he's not only a fellow covenantalist, but he also, Mike Grimes, is a guitar player. For real. There I know you go. that's why you like him. Yep. Only reason and, I get And, and, and <laughs> he is a roadie. He's a cyclist. Oh. And that means he is my spirit animal or something. I don't know. <laughs> it, means, it means I really like him. So uh, our guest today on the Pactum is Dave Crawford. Hi, Dave. And welcome to the Pactum. Hey, guys. It is great to be with you, Pat. It's good to see you again. And Mike, to meet you. I am super thrilled to be talking about this today. I, along with many others, have just benefited from your guys' ministry to us. Fantastic. We're we're going to have fun. Didn't you guys meet like back in January? Didn't you? You know, I don't think we actually met that night. We were both there. Okay. But I don't think we actually met. If we did, it was a short, brief Hello, hi, how are you? Okay. At, but because we yeah. did have like a pizza dinner at the special Pactum Airbnb yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think I was there, but that that was a room full of people and I, I met so many, so maybe we did. Like. I you know, I it's a maybe. Plus <laughs> yeah. plus Dave, I may have had you in the basement at the garage, like showing you all the all the bikes. All, all, you did all take the, me down to look at right? the bikes. There's yes, that. you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't usually talk about the weather. Well, maybe we do, but we don't usually ask our mm-hmm. guests about the weather, Dave. But since yeah. uh, you had crazy weather, you had a bigger storm than California's had in 84 years with Hillary. I think that's her name. Yeah. Um, how, you know, how, how are you guys faring? We, we are faring just fine. Um, look, as if the rest of the country needed yet another reason to mock California. But yet here we <laughs> or, are. Or Hillary. Given the money. <laughs> or we, we, yes, it basically turned out. And I, I, you know, I know there's some roadways that washed out and whatnot. But we, we basically had 
heavy rain and higher than normal winds for 24 hours, which I think in Nebraska, you guys refer to as Tuesday. Like yeah, was, I think that's about- it was pretty. <laughs> so that's that's what happened. Okay. Yes, we are. We are a OK. You're safe and sound. Uh-huh. Okay. So last week, or not last week, last month, I saw month, you, and, okay. you and I were together, Dave, and uh, yeah. you had just had a pretty serious bike crash. So are you all, all healed up? I am all healed up. Uh, you know, it's funny, Pat, you referred to me as a roadie, as in a road cyclist. But that's right, which means I, I do not have off-road bike handling skills. And of course, my first real hard crash was, of course, on a gravel bike on a mountain descent. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I appreciated getting all those miles in with you last month. That helped get rid of whatever residual soreness I still had. And I tell you what I wasn't prepared for is um, I'm 46 now. And that was the first time I'd really hurt myself in my 40s. Okay. I was not prepared <laughs> how slowly... My body was going to fix itself. That <laughs> took me by surprise. Apparently, that trend continues. I'm told. So, well, yeah, when we were together, okay you now. were faring just fine. So, yeah. pretty happy about that. Wow. So, uh, what do you think, Dave? So, sometimes roadies, cyclists, uh, they shave their legs. We're not going to ask you yes. on the pactum whether or not you do that. <laughs> Um, because we don't want that kind of uh, imagery on the pactum. It's a family show. <laughs> Why would we do that? But yeah. it, do you think cyclists shave their legs because then when you crash and you have to get the gravel out, it's easier, A, Oof. or B, huh. it makes them faster, or C, it's just part of the culture and it's just what you do? Yeah, uh, I, it's just part of the culture, what you do. <laughs> Look, they've, they've, run this, they've run this stuff in the wind tunnels. They know it's a few watts faster, but unless you're like in the Tour de France, it, you, that's not the reason you're doing that. Okay, okay you okay. can. Well, I, no. I once knew a person who used to be a host on the Pactum. Uh, I know him very uh, well. And his, <laughs> his children, uh, because they were so used to seeing his leg shaved, his children would see men with hairy legs and you know point them out and call them them out like what's wrong with that guy with hairy legs <laughs> he doesn't write wow. books. <laughs> uh, oh, all right man. so before we move on to the music and the singing aspect which is what the episode is actually all about right um all right mike you got a question yeah for, yeah for so we want to transition mm-hmm. ourselves to music here and uh the pact sure. verse wants to know who dave is your favorite musician and why oh, this is tough um okay uh, it's a, you know, we could clarify and say it's only second to Stephen Curtis Chapman, right? So, <laughs> oh well, uh, look, no offense to my brother SC squared, um, but uh, no, no, Steve would, would not be my favorite. Okay, I, my, look, my favorite band of all time is U two. Okay, sure. uh, I, I think I think for me, music's all about the song, and I think their songwriting catalog over forty years is just unparalleled. For me, I also appreciate the fact that they're. You know, they're not the best musicians by any means. They all met in high school before they could play and they're still together. Like it's 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 an actual band. It's not, you know, the lead singer through the years and a bunch of studio guys. It's they're a band. Sure. And I just I just appreciate them. Um, if you're going to ask me my favorite singer of all time, I might pick somebody else. But if I'm going to if I'm going to say a band, uh, I do love you, too. And, and the best song that they've ever produced. My my two favorite songs, I believe, are probably "Stay" and "Love Is Blindness." Hmm. Okay, that'd be a tie for me. And yeah. if you were going to do a one hour road trip uh, yes. with one of the band members, why would it be the Edge? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, because the Edge is a is he plays the guitar not like a guitar player. Right. He, he orchestrates yeah. and uses the guitar as a medium now. As someone who myself, I am not a very technically good player at all. Now, he is, but he doesn't shred, and I don't even think he can. Right. I just, I'm drawn to that because I, I can't do what you're supposed to be able to do on a guitar, but yet it's what I play every week. And I just, so I just, I appreciate that approach. So I, I could spend all day annoying him with questions. That would be a, that would be a great way to spend a drive. It's pretty oh. fascinating what he does. So, Mike Graham, since yeah. I'm, you know, in the midst, in, in between the two of you musicians, right. and I don't know anything, <laughs> I, I do want to tell you that when I was at Dave and Jen's home, uh, first day I was there, I was just looking at one of the cool looking guitars on the wall, and uh-huh. so I asked a question about it: "What's this for? What's this about?" and and so he pulls it down, starts playing it, and then he and he he pretends like he's going to hand it to me, <laughs> and he says, "Do you play?" <laughs> and I felt so judged. <laughs> 
because it was like he knew that I didn't, and I just had to admit that I'm like a total loser. <laughs> I it's, didn't know that you didn't. I do now. <laughs> it was awesome. That's funny. <laughs> it was awesome. That's good. All That's right. Good. So, Dave, mm-hmm. let's get down to the yeah, the needy greedy, as they would say uh, on Nacho Libre. So let's get down to business and let's talk about uh, what makes singing on Sundays a really good warm up for the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fantastic question uh, to start off with. Now, we, we, uh, I, we laugh because I know it's a yes. pet peeve of yours. So talk of course, to us and about I know why. None of us actually see it that way. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't have picked this as a topic. Right. Right. Um, no, yes, singing, as we all know, that's when you park your car, uh-huh. you get another <laughs> cup of coffee in when, the lobby. Oh, yeah. That's when you pretend to get caught in a conversation just because you don't want to come in until the music's over. You want to come in right during the sermon introduction. You got now, it. Now, we don't, you know, as, as funny as that is, it's we've all been a part of church context, I think, where that frankly is kind of the case. Music is seen as the warm up for the real reason why we're all there as a sermon. And Full disclosure, I love preaching, and I know you guys do as well. So please don't hear what I'm not saying. But honestly, in in our circles, our you know reformed circles that mm-hmm. love the Word of God, that take things seriously, that take the worship of Christ seriously, there's there's in that particular lane, there's two ditches on each side of the road. One we're well aware of, but the second one we're not. The, the ditch we're all aware of is the is the church with sort of epic music but then a mm-hmm. just a horrible deflated ted talk of a sermon we, right we're all familiar with that those churches are easy to make fun of that's you see facebook memes about that kind of stuff sure we, we all get that we don't do that but on the other side is this ditch where we we relegate the singing of god's people to what you just said a mere warm-up for the reason that we're all there anyway which is the sermon mm-hmm. and it is it is not to pull the preaching of the word of God down, but it is rather to elevate the singing of God's people. That and that will come from actually having a right understanding of what the purpose is of the gathered church in the first place. That really does stem from a fundamental misunderstanding of what is happening when the church gathers. Hmm. Yeah. So. Let's talk about that in a moment, but before we do, yeah. as far as the, why the church gathers and why the church sings, um, let, let's talk about what the church should sing. Hmm. What? Yeah. And feel free to chime in, Mike Grimes. You know, you guys can have the battle of the bands here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, the question, I like the question because you didn't say what kind of music should we do in the hmm. church. Right. You said, what should the church sing? And these are fundamentally different things. Um, we're all familiar, I think, with discussions of music in the church and wars about that mm-hmm. and stylistic things. And and I'm um, I'm not totally uninterested in those conversations. I just think it's a colossal exercise in missing the point on average. Mm-hmm. Um, the body of Christ needs to sing. We're talking about singing within the church. And so just a mm-hmm. word on music and musical styles and things. The, the, the elders, the pastors and elders of a church, based on who the congregation is and who in the body is skilled and gifted to lead in such a way, there, there is going to be a sort of a musical home base of any given church. And that needs to be defined by what helps that congregation sing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're called as pastors to minister to the flock of God among us, right? The people in our congregation, first and foremost, how can we help them sing? And that could and probably will look somewhat different from place to place Mm -hmm. in terms of who is there and what kind of church context we're talking about. So the discussion of music is far and away subservient to the discussion of singing within the context of a particular gathered local body. So I think we're asking the right question, first of all. Um, what should we sing? Mm-hmm. Not what kind of music should we do? What kind of instrumentation should we have? That is secondary to that issue. Um, I would uh, argue, you guys, that singing is an aspect of the ministry of the word of Christ mm-hmm. in his church. We're going to take a look at Colossians here in just a moment, but the the reason for me bringing that up is because the question of 
what should the church sing is actually very similar to asking what should we preach. I like that. Uh, that's, that's that's well formulated. Good, good. They're very, very close because you know, Colossians chapter three. Just briefly, if you don't mind. Um, no, we like the Bible three, on the package. Yeah, it's good. Oh, well, good. Well, I was, I was hoping. Uh, <laughs> Colossians chapter three, verse uh, fifteen. You know, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. So we're talking about the corporate life of the church here. And then he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And then he continues on from there, right? Um, so if, if if we attempt to answer the question of what should we preach, you know, being um, redemptive historical guys, we understand it's not a matter of just disseminating biblical data. Mm-hmm. A sermon is is preaching Christ for pardon and power, heralding him to his people faithfully from all of Scripture. And because singing, as I see here, is an aspect of how that message of Christ, the word of Christ, richly dwells within his people, the, the same question that governs how should we preach governs what is it that we're going to choose to sing. So we want to choose to sing things that aren't just, let's say, biblically informed, but are biblically driven. Um, that's a distinction that I uh, heard Bob Coughlin make one time, and I think that's helpful. Not just to sing things that are necessarily just uh, an assortment of true things that we might sing and say about God, but things that drive us to the truth of the message in Christ uh, of Christ for his people. Similar to how we you you preach the law and the gospel, that's what we're going to sing, mm-hmm. and so that's that's where the answer to that question starts. Mm. So we want to sing what's true, but we also want to sing like Christians, right? Indeed. Yeah, huh. indeed. Yeah, which means there's there's some a few things that we don't give much emphasis to intentionally, meaning we don't actually sing when choosing what to sing. We don't sing much about our subjective level of devotion or intensity, or uh, we don't sing about ourselves much, at least not in, unless it's in the context of a grateful response to what the Lord has done. Right. Um, we don't we don't gather on a Sunday morning to sing about the fervency of my own personal devotion to Christ, because I don't know if you gentlemen have ever felt this way, but when you gather to sing, when you perhaps when you gather to preach, you you don't always have much of that, mm-hmm. and you need the promises of Christ to um, encourage and fill your soul. And so we we sing those things. Yeah, you know, when you're talking about this, it makes me think about uh, you bring up the correlation with preaching. What do we preach? What do we sing? Uh, you know, we think week in week out. What is it that the people uh, need to be fed with what do they need to hear? And it's the gospel, the message of Christ who has come to redeem us. And what do they need to sing? They need to sing the gospel. They need to hear of Christ over and over again. Because we, as musicians or people who are leading musical worship in the church, we talk about a lot of what people remember even is music, uh, just because of how that gets stuck in our mind with earworm and all. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that people get in their minds, get stuck in there. And what do I want them to remember? Draw me close to you, or do I want them to be uh, remembering the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ? So that's what we sing. We sing the scriptures. We sing of the truth of the gospel. Exactly. Right, brother? So I hear people say, we preach the word, we pray the word, we sing the word. Is that that right? I'm asking as an honest question. It sounds good. Yeah. Is that... Yeah. it 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 does sound good and okay. uh and it is right okay. yeah it actually exactly which doesn't of course only mean that we literally only sing the words of scripture any more than it means that when you preach a sermon to preach mm-hmm. Christ and him crucified means that you never look up from simply reading the text good, good, <laughs> right good, good. you 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 preach that message we we everything we sing is oriented towards that yeah. uh as well so yeah that's I'm a, that's that. a that's a helpful distinction i appreciate that so, Dave, we talk about what we're singing. What does the church need to yeah. sing? Well, why? Why does the church sing? Sure. Well, I think if you asked most thoughtful people that, their first answer would be, well, we sing to worship the Lord. Yeah. And that, of course, is true. It's true. We, yeah. we do indeed sing to worship the Lord. Um, but we don't primarily, as similar to what we just talked about, we don't primarily sing 
um, to give expression to our sort of personal devotion. It's not primarily, let's say, the performance of a believer, whereby you demonstrate your commitment and sort of worshipful enthusiasm right. on a Sunday morning. It is not. It is not that. Which is, is a, you know, a pet peeve of mine is is people I trust from a good place standing up there in front of a microphone and cursing. Come on, like let's sing, yeah. let's sing. Like that's. I want I want to sing loud, and I want people to sing loud too. But that's not the that's not the way. That is not the way. That's that we don't gather for the purpose of expressing the intensity that we have brought to this service, the mm-hmm. excitement that we have brought to this service. We do, of course, sing to worship the Lord, but it's not that. I I'm going to say, guys, based on uh, Ephesians chapter five, that the ultimate reason why we sing is that singing in the context of the gathered church is really the audible expression of the spirit wrought unity of believers in the body of Christ. Hmm. I mean, think about, think about Ephesians. I would argue that the theme of Ephesians is the glory of God in the astonishing reality that he has united Jew and Gentile into one body possessing of one spirit to be made like Christ in his one church for his glory. It's this incredible unity. It, it's astonishing. And then when you get to chapter five and he says, you know, the familiar passage about do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. What's the, as he starts now with his long list of participles, what's the first thing that he goes to in talking about the incredible spirit wrought unity of Jew and Gentile brought together in the body of Christ. The first place he goes, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, if you're like me, I know you've thought before, well, that that's an odd thing to have said first, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, of all the things to say first in terms of what a spirit-filled body of believers looks like and does, that's an interesting choice is singing. But it, the sound of the unity of the body of Christ produced by the Holy Spirit is the sound of Christians singing the word of Christ together. Mm-hmm. That's why we do that. Um, yeah, so that's that's how I would proceed on that. Question. There's a there's unity there, and even confessing in that yes. singing. Right, we're confessing these truths. We're agreeing together as the body of Christ what we're singing encouraging oh, yeah. one another for sure. I think it's fascinating because there's been some debate in more recent years, you know, is is being a Christian an individual thing or is it a corporate thing? Mm. And as you talked about the two ditches earlier, Dave, there're two mistakes to mm. make. It's both. We, it, we're individually oh, yeah. in Christ, but we're also uh, united with all other believers in Christ. And so I love the fact that you bring this up in Ephesians 5 because we sing as individuals, but we're actually singing together, expressing the unity that we have in Christ. I love it. Mm. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So we've almost, we've kind of hinted at this a little bit, uh, but, you know, back in the day, Big Daddy Weave had their big song, uh, (laughs) Audience of Audience and One. one. Right. And you know what? I did a little research into this recently, too, and I don't know anything about Big Daddy who? Big Daddy Weave. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not not in my world. (laughs) But there... (laughs) There, there, there was a punk band that also sang a song called "Audience of One." Oh, serious! And it was about politics. Hey, well. So anyway, well, in my world, Big Daddy mm-hmm. Weave, you know, audience of one. So, uh, is who that, is the audience, Dave? When the church gathers to sing? Yes. Well, as with so many things, multiple things can be and are true at once. Yes. So in yes. different not, ways. Not this. This is in different <laughs> ways. This is not a takedown of that song no. and <laughs> Mr. Weave, wherever he currently is. Um, <laughs> it, in a wrong-headed sense, the goal of singing in the corporate gathering is not to somehow get to a place where it's just everybody and everything else fades in the background and it's just right. you singing to Jesus. That's sometimes held out as an ideal. And we're I'm a big fan of getting rid of distractions as you can, but right. that that is not the goal of yeah. this. That is not the goal of this. Again, back to Ephesians. It says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing who? One another mm-hmm. in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, to be sure, he is going to say later in the sentence, we are making melody to the Lord 
with your heart. So there's this internal heart orientation towards the Lord for sure. But the reason a bunch of people will stand up in a room and start singing, which you have to admit is a weird exercise. That like is. we don't do that in a lot of other contexts in life. If you, you've, you've never been like, unless you work at a church, you've never been to a, a sales meeting for your job. And the boss says, Hey, before we start, let's all stand and sing a course. Like this is not a normal thing. Why do we sing out loud at all? We sing to one another. Yeah. The reason we sing out loud at all, out loud at all is to build up our brothers and sisters in Christ in the context of the gather worship service. I, I like to say that God does not need our voices, but our brothers and sisters do. And in the same way, you guys, in the same way that the preacher, as he stands in the pulpit, is responsible to herald the message of Christ to the people of God from the scripture, we as believers in what we sing, herald that same message of Christ in a participatory way to our brothers and sisters around us through our singing. Yeah. It's vital. It's crucial. It's not that the service hasn't really started until the message gets going. If you come in after the singing, you've missed half of the ministry of the word of Christ that morning. Yeah. So it's that's that's our audience. So I think order. this is big. We should we should do a podcast episode and have you talk about this, Dave. Oh, wait a minute. We are. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm so confused as to what's been happening so far. Okay. <laughs> I, I really have a I really want people to get this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it really yeah. is important. Why maybe why why have we lost sight of this? Why why is it well audience of one, we close our eyes because we're only singing to the Lord. I wonder what's happened. Do you have any analysis, any takes? And yeah, please keep talking really, about this. I do. The guys, honestly, for the same reason that what what's happening right now in the in the serious minded church uh, with the rediscovery of some of the great full orbed doctrines of the Reformation, not just Calvinistic soteriology, but all the rest, the doctrines of assurance mm -hmm. and covenants of works and grace and redemption. The reason that this podcast has been so encouraging to so many, what's happening there is this rediscovery that um, American evangelicalism has, and been said by many others, has been largely a revivalistic and pietistic movement mm -hmm. at its core, mm -hmm. which among some other things, puts an intense emphasis on the internal, personal, private life of the believer. Mm -hmm. And it tends to speak wrongly about all of these types of things. Assurance, uh, oh, 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 it can't it can't say two sentences about obedience and sanctification without conflating law and gospel. It can't it can't um, get get the way that um, believers grow in holiness uh, right. And so all of these things that we do serve to be personal, sort of expressions of verification of the quality of your faith rather than a a more confessional understanding of what we do when we gather is we are looking utterly outside of ourselves and we are hearing the proclamation of something outside of ourselves and we are singing about a truth that has been accomplished apart from us and that we've been united to by faith and faith alone and and it's that whole sort of package of things that is influential in this topic as well. So it's just one of many things that we have to sort of rediscover the goodness and the riches of in light of, of recovering some of these truths about the gospel. So Dave, I've heard you speak and we'll put a link to the sermon at the end or in the show notes, but uh, the sermon you preached on these matters, which I've listened mm -hmm. to probably three times, once on the bike, once working on the bike and maybe the other time driving. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was, you know, trying to, to feel the cyclist love. Um, <laughs> but great message, super edifying. Um, and so we'll put a link to that. But when you're uh, addressing the congregation there where you, where you pastor, uh, you talked about, you know, the, the flyer or, or the hypothetical flyer when it's a worship um, uh, conference yeah, or whatever. Worship, yeah, yeah. Talk about that a little bit, if you would, because yeah. that image stuck with me and it makes me yeah. think, should I close my eyes on Sunday? Can I close them sometimes? <laughs> should I keep yes. them open sometimes? Well, well, these are just observations. Just keep in mind, this is not new law. Okay, so okay. if you if you picture, you know, said flyer for a worship night or worship 
concert or just something, mm-hmm. there will be a person or individuals in the front almost invariably doing two things. Mm-hmm. What, what would those two things be? Number one, hands up. got our hands in the air, which is fine, by the way. Yes, citizen, that's super good. I, we got people <laughs> at our church that hands up all day long. People not that is a biblical posture. Fine. It's great. Not they have no issue. This is not about that. Got it. But the second thing is their eyes will always be closed. Close. Now, that, that's okay, too. That's okay, too. But it is a sort of a pictorial representation of what has been held out as the ideal. It is you standing in a room full of people, but yet somehow alone, just mm-hmm. you and Christ. Right. And if someone sings with their eyes closed, that's fine. But what I am going to encourage you is, Look around and look at the other believers and the brothers and sisters around. Listen to their voices, the good ones, the bad ones, the tone deaf (laughs) yellers, whatever. You are in a room singing to one another and to the Lord that you might be built up by the faith that they are expressing through those words. Right. Uh, Paul... Paul said that faith comes by hearing, right? And I'm well aware of what the context is there, but I do not take that as merely what happens initially at conversion. In the preaching of the message of Christ, the Holy Spirit uses that message to create faith in the heart of the elect and continues to sustain and nourish that faith as that same gospel is heard as we grow as believers, particularly in the context of gathered worship. And the and the message of Christ that comes through the lips and vocal cords of the saints as we sing loud for the encouragement one, of one another is an aspect of that. Yeah. And so to ha- it's okay to come in on a Sunday morning and be like, wow, I have had some kind of week. It has been difficult. It has been brutal. I have not done well. I've struggled with so much sin. I just, and to self-consciously be so aware of your need, not just for the preaching of the word, but to hear Christ heralded to you from the lips and vocal cords of brothers and sisters around you as they sing to you those promises that you know you believe, but you have walked astray of that week. You desperately need that. and It revolutionizes how you walk into the gathering of God's people. You just cannot wait to get there. Yeah, I think in in this way, you know, Dave. I think sometimes I think of uh, singing the corporate gathering and singing together is a one another, in a way that oh, we, yeah. you know, in the way that we serve one another, in the way that we, as you're saying, herald these truths of Christ and the gospel, and you know, because there are times I think you mentioned even in uh, the sermon we referenced earlier, uh, there are times when people come and they find it difficult to sing, or they can't sing, or they're really at a particular time of struggle or suffering in their life, and what they need is to be bolstered by the truth or the the strong singing of those around them who are rejoicing and giving thanks and proclaiming these truths that we know to be true of God and who he is and what he has done for us. And so there's a way you can enter even that time together to serve one another, even in your singing. That's absolutely right. That's a great point, Mike. It is a one another for sure. So, um, the, so it is a means of grace then, right? I think yeah. so. Because the primary means of grace is the ministry of the word, and we're arguing that it is an aspect of that. It's not just that singing in particular randomly is. It's that it's a, it's it's when the right things are sung in this way, it is an aspect of that one ministry of Christ ministering through his word, which is the primary means of grace. Yeah. Awesome. Dave, awesome. I've said this yeah. before. Before we move on from the, the one Please. another type, I often tell people and argue that like you and I, we have the best place in the congregation on Sunday mornings. Oh yeah, I think so. It's a it's hundred percent true. Yeah. You know, it, and if you ever visit our church, it's strictly speaking, you'd walk in and you'd you'd, you'd give you know a clap and you'd hear the reverberations yeah, and you yeah. think, wow, you you guys need some acoustical treatment on these walls, and you wouldn't be wrong. But we don't want to do it because. Yeah. It just, it just, there's so much sound that you can hear. And you're right, being able to stand in the front and have the privileged place of hearing everybody singing at you. Back at you, yeah. I, I am just overwhelmed at times with yep. encouragement. I say there are times I leave, I'm sure, far more encouraged than the people in, the, in their seats. 
Unless you're looking oh, yeah. at me, I'm checking my sermon notes or something. You no, know, I'm kidding. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I draw tons of encouragement. You're one of those guys who actually sings, and I love it. They make me sit in the front because I, I sing outlandishly and loud. I love it. I love <laughs> That's it. That's why we're cool. in ears. No, I'm just kidding. So, right? <laughs> oh. Wow. So wouldn't it be a good experiment sometimes just to have us face each other? I mean, it might be kind of awkward. I don't want you in my personal space, yep. but it might be good to have some more eye contact, Yeah, uh, at least for me. Yeah. I'd be up for it. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk then about corporate worship, uh, transitioning yeah, just a little bit. What makes it special? Uh, is mm-hmm. Sunday morning just a really big Bible study? Uh, or is it something more than a really big Bible study? Yeah. Let's flesh that out a little bit. What makes Sunday morning with the people of God gathered special? Right. Well, I uh, grew up thinking, and by the way, when I when I say this, I am only indicting what I thought. I'm not necessarily indicting what anyone said to me. Mm-hmm. I, I just this this is what was in my mind growing up in uh, the church. I've been a believer since early high school, late middle school years. So while wow. so growing up, I grew up thinking that what made the, what could make the corporate worship gathering special was how well I was able to do in my personal life. Mm-hmm. It, meaning that I grew up thinking that the individual, private, uh, personal, devotional life, which we all agree is quite important. However, I saw that as the main thing in the Christian life, that that was sort of like the engine room of power, if you will, where everything else was powered by that, and that gave legitimacy to everything else. So, it, it, and I'll get to the answer to the question, I promise. But think, <laughs> imagine for a moment, let's say a youth pastor, because sometimes this is happens in that context. Let's say youth pastor looking out to a bunch of kids and say, in, in the context of singing and trying to get them to sing and or uh, participate says like if this if this worship isn't coming from the just the overflow of your heart and your life from this week it's just it's a, it's hypocritical it's hypocrisy and it's like well okay um we we all understand that hypocrisy is a thing and rank hypocrisy is very bad however um to say that it is your personal private sort of devotional life that somehow renders the corporate gathering effectual, helpful, non-hypocritical is precisely backwards. Hmm. It's precisely, it's like pyramid standing on its head. It, it is the, the corporate gathering of the saints is special when the people of God meet on the Lord's day for the preaching, reading, praying, singing of the word of Christ and the Lord's table, baptism, what makes that special is that that is the event in the ordinary Christian life. It is that event by which we are sustained and strengthened in our faiths, faith to then scatter and live from that rather than to that. When we, when we call our gatherings a worship service, and I think this is really important, a worship service, who is it that is primarily doing the serving? It it is not me playing and singing. It is not even the preacher preaching. Unbelievably, it is Christ himself serving his people through his word and his spirit Mm -hmm. as they gather that he is building his church in a way that he is uniquely promised to do based on how I read Ephesians, particularly Ephesians 4, that is utterly unique to anything else. And so when we come together, it is not that we don't bring an offering of worship. We do, but we, we it is utterly secondary. We gather far more to receive from Christ than we come to give anything. And because the offering has been made on our behalf, right? So we, we come desperately needing to hear his law and his gospel. And so that puts the gathering of Christ's people and what we do and the practicing the ordinary means of grace in its rightful place. Um, it is, anyway, I don't need to keep rambling, but that's, that's where I would go with that. It's good. It's very good. Hebrews 2 changed my life. Just, just, 
complimenting mm. what you're saying, just studying Hebrews 2, and I couldn't really get mm. my mind around it and the humanity of Christ. And and yeah. when it when it says in Hebrews 2.12, I, I, this is the son, I will tell of your name to my brothers. Mm. Oh. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. I mean, it's like, for at first it's like, what? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And then you're like, what? Yeah. So right? it, it's not just a big Bible study. No. It's this unique, no, right. special time. The Lord, through his spirit, he's not bodily present. He's ascended, but he sent his spirit. And there's something special. Now, Sunday mornings are, are totally different for me. I don't always feel different. I wish I did. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. But I know something extraordinary is happening. And I like yes, what you said, Dave. It's in the ordinary Christian life. Something extraordinary happens, and it is on the Lord's Day, gathered with the people of God. And I, I want to grow in my knowledge of that, but knowing that yeah. is the place to start. Right, yeah. Um, this is special. So yeah. It sure is, brother. We're not just singing to Christ, we're singing with him. That's an astonishing reality. I, uh, Alistair Begg and Sinclair Ferguson wrote a book called... Um, Oh, goodness, what's the title of this? And whenever those two guys get together, you're going to get something good, but uh, called Name Above All Names. And they have a, a quote about this very text. And they said, in true worship, Jesus is present and he is leading the singing. We sing with him who says in the middle of the congregation, I will sing your praise. We worship in union with Christ. Who would not want to sing with Jesus? He makes our singing give pleasure to his father. I love this, man. His singing of praise covers all of the inadequacies of ours. It's great. It's great. Come on. Super good. And if they were saying that instead of writing that, it would sound even more believable because of their accents. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's so not fair, right? Right. Right. Everything they do sounds good. Generally, I have a standing rule to not believe anything people say with such accents because they're so believable. (laughs) We digress. Now, if you're, if listeners, if you're newer to theology and you haven't uh, come up with categories for all of these kinds of things and we're all learning, Mm -hmm. remember that it's true. The Lord Jesus is with us always. Um, but there's also a sense in which he is with us uniquely and specially Mm -hmm. at unique and special times. And so it is true. He's always with us. Um, but there is a unique and special way that he's with us on the Lord's day uh, as we gather with the people of God, just like, uh, he's with us specially. And I hate to, you know, digress, but, uh, in Matthew 18, when it comes to church discipline, he's uniquely with us. Sure. Uh, where two or three have gathered when it comes to discipline. But uh, Mm -hmm. both, as Dave said earlier, two things can be true at the same time, just in different ways. And so let's love the Lord every day. Let's uh, enjoy the Lord every day. Let's meditate upon his word every day uh, and sensing his presence. But let's also not neglect this extraordinary day uh, and this extraordinary activity when we worship with his people and we worship with him as we worship him. Yeah. Dave, any insights on uh, how we can help saints improve in their singing? Okay, I'm going to interrupt for a second. Okay. I, like yeah. the, I like the question, but before Dave um, mm-hmm. launches, um, I think <laughs> yeah. by God's grace, uh, Dave actually is qualified to talk about this because I had the opportunity to be at a worship service at the church where he was leading musical worship and leading the congregational singing. And uh, yeah, the acoustics are something else. Um <laughs> But I, I, I told my wife when I left, I sent her a text or I called her. I can't remember now, but I said, I I love being at the church today because it made me want to love Christ and his people. Uh, and the singing was overwhelming. Hmm. So praise God for that. But I actually think you are, um, I, we, Hmm. we do want you to answer that question, um, because the Lord has used you to help people sing. Hmm. Well, praise God for that, Pat. Um, and I, I'm so grateful for our sweet church and for um, for the way that they sing. I'm just overwhelmed with encouragement every week. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I, you know, a few things. It depends whether I'm talking to just a person in the congregation or whether I'm talking to someone who serves in a, in a leadership capacity that they help facilitate this. Mm-hmm. But the first, I mean, the first thing is just to to understand these things. If you've heard some of this stuff and this has hit your ears, at least even somewhat new. The, the first application of this is, is, is 
uh, believe this, first of all, like, like understand what we've been saying and the effect that the gospel has on the corporate singing of the church and, and just be patient and give that time to, to transform your heart and mind as you meditate on these things. Uh, you know, I know you're going to ask me about resources in a little bit, but there's a, uh, a, a fairly short volume called Corporate Worship by Matt Marker, who does a very, 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 very good job emphasizing the corporate nature of these things. This would, that would be a great introduction to this. If this is kind of step one for you, that would be a great step two. It's just, just, just dive into this. It's like when you first understood the law gospel distinction, you, you needed a minute to go like, wait a minute, what? And then you just, you just, you just dive in and start learning. So step one, you know, uh, progress in learning these things. The second thing I would just, encourage people to do, because I have to encourage myself to do this all the time. And this might sound a little strange at first, but humble yourself enough to actually receive the encouragement of those singing around you on a Sunday morning. We're so self-focused, aren't we? And I've done this a million times myself. We stand there and we sing and your mind wanders to something about you, you, yourself, your day, my week, my enthusiasm or lack thereof, just as you listen to your brothers and sisters around, I mean, like really listen, the people that you know and love that are walking with the Lord, that are struggling with sin, that are going through trials, allow your heart to be truly encouraged by the truth that are being, that is being proclaimed to you through them. Like start by listening perhaps in a way that you haven't listened before. Mm. And that will help you, I think, to begin perhaps singing in a way that you haven't before. Um, and the final thing I would say is that if you're in a context where maybe the the singing isn't like this, maybe the music is done in such a way that it kind of squashes all this, that can be really hard. Mm-hmm. Just be patient with those that lead you and your pastors. I know you guys say a lot here on the pack. I'm like, we love churches. We love pastors. Mm-hmm. Don't be that guy that learned something 20 minutes ago and suddenly becomes a problem for it. Just stop. Don't do any of that. Just love and Thank encourage you. the people that are seeking to lead you and doing the best they can with this. Pray for them, love them, encourage them, perhaps fling them a resource or two or something as you, as you learn about these things, that would all be great. But, but, um, you know, don't derail this whole thing by, uh, believe me, people that lead and serve in music get plenty of comments from plenty of people. <laughs> um, don't do anything but encourage those folks that lead you in such a way. You can encourage them in this direction, but sure. do indeed encourage them. Yeah. Good, good. So how about, uh, what's, what does your Sunday routine look like, Dave? And I kind of know, yeah. I just want people to hear what an animal you are. <laughs> Wait, what? No, I, okay. I am not a morning person. I don't even know if those exist. I think people just fake it, but Sunday morning is the one day that I, I, I need to get up quite early. So I usually get up about four or four fifteen, only because I've just found that Frankly, my voice doesn't work well uh-huh. if I'm not – I can't just get up and do some warm-ups, which right. I do. I just have to be awake for a while. There's no – Dude, when I stayed at no your house, I, I wasn't even in bed yet. And I, like, got up to go to the bathroom, and you're already, like, you know, <laughs> putting on your deodorant yeah. and styling your hair. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I just get up and, and uh, you know, the preparation that has always – has already been done, me and um, my other uh, pastoral colleagues that I serve with. Uh, John Stead and John Rourke. John Rourke does most of the preaching. We we talk all week so that our our what we're what we're planning is already in sync. There's no Sunday morning planning. Okay, so say that that's that's not a good routine. But just to spend time thinking through and praying through the service, getting in early, making sure. I, and for those that lead, you want to you want to make sure that you are prepared and ready to go, so that you can just do everything you can to be of service to others as your musicians mm-hmm. get there. And as you run things, you don't want to be, if at all possible, working your own stuff out, just that right. you've been up for a while, you're prepared, you're good to go, that you are, are uh, ready to, to help lead those in worship. You know, it's, it's, it's an unbelievable joy. I, I love Sundays like no other. I cannot believe, uh, I, I cannot believe that I get to do this. Um, and so, that's, I mean, that's really my routine. I just get up to do all that. Good. good. Um, I brought it up because I was impressed, but it's good that oh, you're no. preparing and it's not just a, 
That is the only day I get up like that. And then believe me, I take a Sunday afternoon nap because, oh my goodness. Except when I'm in town, then we have to go ride instead. <laughs> That's true. We get home and like, let's go ride. I'm like, uh, okay. Huh. Here we go. And what a fun. And if you're listening and you don't think people should ride bicycles on Sunday, uh, may the Lord bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, sorry about that. Yep, there is that. <laughs> Dave, talk to us about resources. You just mentioned a book. You want to repeat that, and maybe any other. Yeah, brother, I, w- I would recommend uh, "Corporate Worship" by Matt Marker. It's one of those books in the Nine Mark series about basic church things. You know, like conversion, church membership, yep. baptism. They have, they're all about 150 pages. His is called "Corporate Worship." Okay. And without using a lot of jargon, it's really, really, really great. And it gets the corporate emphasis of this right. And I benefited from that greatly. So I'd recommend that. Um, I also would recommend, and I was late to this particular party, but I only read Michael Horton's Ordinary mm. last month. I, I don't know how I didn't get around to that. I mean, it's only it's astonishingly encouraging, especially for those that, that – you know, uh, helping, seeking to lead the church in, in singing and in worship, it it's real, you know, it can get real routine. You're like, okay, here's sure. another week and another set of sites, just the same. And God does inc- the incredible work of building his church through the crushingly ordinary things that we've already spent this podcast discussing, mm-hmm. the ordinary means of grace of which yep. seeing is one of them. And that book will just encourage you to death, if that's an expression. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so absolutely, I would recommend that. And uh, probably some others, but those come to mind. Mm, that's good. Super. Well, we'd like to yeah. tell people where they can get in touch with you, Dave, but you're not on social media. Good so for you. You are, you are our uh, hero. Thank you. Yeah, so but like I told that. you guys earlier, I still managed to waste my fair share of time, but no, it's not with social media. <laughs> so just, um, you know, Tri City Bible Church, contact information is all yep. there. I'm happy to, happy to hear from people and to help any way I can. Yep. So Tri City Bible Church in Vista, California. Vista, is, that California. San, is that San Diego County or? Not it's San North Diego San Diego area. County. It's called North County, yep. basically. Yeah, super. It has been an honor to have you yeah, on with us today, Dave. Dave. We're thankful for you. Thankful for the like mindedness. Thank mm. you for all that you do in the life of the church, and we're, I'm just grateful that we're friends. Ugh. Likewise, my friend. Likewise, you guys. It's great to spend this time. What an encouraging conversation. I could just talk about this all day and every day. It's yeah. just. It's wonderful. So thank you for the opportunity. Amen. That's great. We want to thank all of you for being a part of the Pactum Verse and listening here to this episode on corporate worship and singing in the church. You can find us, the Pactum, online on Instagram, on Twitter. You can be emailing us, connect at thepactum.org. You can go to our website, thepactum.org, and find information on our conference coming up in October 2023. We encourage you to get signed up, and we hope to see you there. We'll see you next time on The Pactum. The Pactum.